0: this week on waxing the porpoise g baby and the usual suspect steve take on a brand new flick neither have seen before a cinematic cocktail that pays homage to the neon lit streets of the 70s exploitation era at a great effect folded in with equal parts mystery comedy sci-fi and maybe a touch of horror in joelle taylor's directorial debut they clone tyrone from 2023. join us across 110th street as we discuss beige bananas bumping the Prestige jingle getting hypnotized by the elementary book fair and those magic eye posters, connecting with our characters, and I think we'll just go ahead and place Jamie Foxx in the pantheon of porpoise patron saints he just doesn't miss. The porpoises, midnight companions and keen observers, grown in a lab and taught to assimilate, will rebel and turn against their puppeteers in the shadows. Off to see the wizard again, or something like that. Hollow Man, motherfucker. Hollow Man. Great movie or the greatest movie? Let's wax this imitated porpoise.
1: Chase, don't do that. See, we are working on his brow chakra. We're just back to the crown chakra. But the last hour is just blank. What? Yeah, it's really weird. It just happened to catch my eye. I was like, damn, I didn't think it was that
0: long. That's fucking super weird. Dude, yeah, that is weird. Why did it do that? Because on every other podcatcher, it was what it was supposed to be. And YouTube is kind of weird sometimes. I haven't. That's one I've just kind of like I have on autopilot like it'll it'll auto upload to it and I don't fucking do anything with it which uh I should do some more maintenance to that kind of stuff but um I I tagged on that prestique jingle
1: yeah
0: to the end of it uh like that was our outro music this episode or our most recent episode and to be honest like I just took it for granted that it was a banger like i did i kind of skimmed through it or i had it on the background and it just didn't hit me but this time when i put it on like i was like all right let's see what this is all about and like dude the first 30 seconds it like i was like oh shit this is fucking a certified triple a banger so i thought we'd like we'd we'd start the show listening to a piece of it and reacting is this too loud it's a little loud
1: Hopefully it doesn't get, like, copyright strike or anything. I
0: don't think so. Because it's a different anti Yeah. One well, and if, if it's from, like, 18 years ago. One, well, if, I mean, the... All right. I just want to skip to this one part that reminded me of fucking... What's that Phil Collins song? Or Genesis song? I can feel in it here tonight. Yeah. yeah, let me see if I can like, pinpoint ga, 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 ga. it. Yeah, there's one almost exactly like a breakdown.
1: Oh, I know. I, I know it well. <laughs> I've had that song like stuck in my head for like eight years.
0: <laughs> Fucking rules. and then just comes right back (laughs) That it's so good did you happen to see any of the comments on the youtube have you flashed back to that in a while no some of the comments are awesome like really all like all caps like oh i can't believe you've brought me such a great offering in my life and like you know like extreme hyperbole and then people going in it's like this is where i was and the summer of 2009 when I first heard the Prestige commercial, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) like it's got a fucking, it's got lore and like people like it's connected all these disparate peoples. Like (laughs) it's
1: such a good tune.
0: Yeah. I wasn't prepared for just how catchy that motherfucker is, but yeah, that is a banger. Uh, I'm going to, I should have put it in the show notes, but uh, I'll be sharing it on our, on our socials prestique. and it's true man like i felt high after i listened to the like i went back and listened to the whole thing after i did uh release the episode for quality control and dude i was like yeah i don't need anything yeah this is this is the medicine <laughs> this... yeah exactly i think the dude's name he's an instrumentalist named greg fine he's got uh, a YouTube I channel. i haven't for. gone
1: that far down the
0: rabbit hole it it was a it was a pretty cursory Googling, but um I found now if I'm tr- if I'm trying to find like a good lead or like to get like a bite on something, I'll put whatever it is and then it. Yeah.
1: That's a good
0: way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's I a mean, good thing to latch on to jumping off points. You might have to
1: filter through a lot of bullshit, but Yeah. The truth is gonna be there somewhere.
0: Yeah. Better than yeah, going, the same thing. going solo on, on the Goog machine. All right. Uh, we've rambled this this beginning on a, a little too long, so we'll get into it. Um, welcome back to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back again. Episode 72 now. Uh, we are covering They Cloned Tyrone, a new one from uh 2023 Netflix exclusive I think it got a brief uh, theatrical release uh, for like a week or two weeks or something weird but as usual you got myself Jim G Baby Tank in tap
1: King Cummins, sweets so I got a long drive do me a favor will you do you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table
0: <laughs> and as usual we have the usual suspect Steve you get that way when you drink ginger ale Oh, no, he was sniffing glue in the parking lot. <laughs> How's it going?
1: Nick? are <laughs> good. They put sugar in your tank.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there were so many good ones. Like, I stumbled across across a couple hidden gems or lines that I completely forgot about from Kingpin, and that was one of them. Like, when he's like, oh, I'm so bombed. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You get that way when you're drinking ginger <laughs> 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 Or when when he's like, uh, the, what's he say? Uh, he's like, God, I, h- I hope you're not taking a shit in the sink again or something or, or no, it's something else When he's like, you know, I'm not a complete moron, you know, I'm not a complete idiot. I I know certain things. And then it's a shot of him with the newspaper and he's taking a shit on the, email. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> everyone else is looking at him. Oh man. Yeah. Fuck Kingpin. That's so old now. It's almost like 30. Almost thirty years old, holy shit, that's nice, yeah, I mean the scene
1: with Roger Clemens and the scene is so great where I didn't want him to think we were in cahoots. <laughs> I think you cleared that up when you were up to basketball. Size.
0: <laughs> I had a stoot slap you right now, trying to move in on my squirrel. you don't mow another man's
1: lawn, <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's rich It's great quotes for sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was tough to narrow down, but... We
1: don't have a cow. We have a (laughs) bull.
0: Go brush my teeth. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry to hear you're not able to have children. He's like, oh, no, nasty cheese, great accident as a boy. (laughs) There's a bunch of fun little one-liners. Ten frames, that's
1: for Quakers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Ishmael Borg God, man That dude, Randy Quaid He's something else in his later life uh, That's a whole other bag of cats So um, I mean, speaking it's of
1: That's uh, gotta be one of the all-time great Bill Murray roles, too
0: Oh, yeah Fuck yeah Big Earn Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> did that promotional video <laughs> He's like, go long, Johnny Longer Yeah <laughs> He plays such a creep. Uh, and, and his by hair the legends, just gets like, progressively <laughs> more
1: and more fucked up in that last
0: sequence. It's like it's like more dense, like slightly more dense, like cotton candy. Yeah, like in the machine. You know when they're making it, shaping oh, yeah. it. And it's fucking. <laughs> oh man, that'd be a good one to like a, a rewind, a retro watch. Um. Yeah, this one I thought we'd do something kind of new just cuz I was kind of scrambling on something to to decide on before we get into our our Halloween slate and I saw this one a preview of it kind of came out of nowhere on my radar and <clears throat> I'm a huge John Boyega and Jamie Foxx fan and I heard black exploitation like sci-fi creepy kind of skirting the edge of like horror I was like and I saw, I, I think, like, the first half of this trailer, and I was like, sold. Let's do it. So this was a new one for me and for you. Um, what did you think of this one?
1: I liked it. I did. Word. I liked it. Um, nice. I went into it not knowing anything about it.
0: Diddley-poo. So
1: I So it's weird because it's almost like three separate movies. There's There's, like, a comedy... Movie within it, and then it turns into this weird kind of bizarro world where, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have made the comparison to like a like a Groundhog Day or a, mm-hmm. like being John Malkovich or like a true yeah. show like you don't know exactly what the fuck is going on, but then it kind of turns into a like less of a com- comedy and more of a social commentary movie. Which uh, the the sci fi part of it didn't really bother me that much. Because I know we've talked about it before, I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. Uh, but I, I will say I, I did I did start to enjoy it a little bit less by the end. I, I kind of thought the way that they wrapped it up was a little bit, I don't know, underwhelming. But we can, we can get into that later. But, I mean, the, the comedy aspect of this movie, it was really fucking funny. Like, the writing was really good. And there were so many great lines that <laughs> I I just stopped even trying to remember what they were. But I will say there's an interesting thing if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb score, which can sometimes I didn't give you check a, those. It, it can sometimes give you an indication of why things are more or less popular. So if you had to guess the I guess let's start with the IMDB score.
0: Just a pure shot in the dark guess guess at the score or are we saying okay um i would say this is probably sitting if i had to try and pinpoint it i'd probably go like a six seven six point seven okay it's a six seven (laughs) <laughs> no way yeah. i swear so, to god i didn't look i looked at imdb today for this shit but i didn't i swear i didn't zone in on so, the score at all so what do you think the
1: rotten tomato score is you can either do critic people or both or whatever
0: i would say i feel like this is the kind of movie where rotten tomatoes is going to be higher and it might be outlandish but um I don't know. I'd say let's go like a seventy-five critic, and I'll go like an eight. I think this like audiences will like this a little bit more. I'll go like an eighty-four audience.
1: So, like we said, IMDb is a six point seven. Rotten Tomatoes is ninety-four with the critics, a hundred with the people. Damn! Yeah, I didn't know so, it was gonna be that. I think it I, it it must be benefiting of like a like a social. The, the social commentary bump, I think, is what. I mean, it's got to be what it is, right? Yeah.
0: People like the message. Yeah. Very topical. Um, and they, I think they do it in a way that's funny, and it didn't seem so much pandering or beating over the head or trying to proselytize. Pros- yeah, something like that. They say that right? It's, so, it's something I always Prosely- fuck up the end.
1: Proselytize, I think.
0: Yeah, that.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't cross the line in my mind to a full-on message movie bummer porn like just trying to make right. you feel bad in the end. But it was such. It was such like a decidedly different vibe by the end than the beginning. That I don't know. I was a little disappointed mostly because I thought the beginning was so fucking funny, and the the kookiness I thought could have gone a lot of different ways. But then when it wraps up, I was like, I really didn't. I didn't love that and one of the final scenes uh I really was like fuck that's I don't like that at all so but yeah we can we can
0: yeah, get that. we'll get there yeah. um So what did you think
1: about it cuz this is a first time watch for you too
0: Yeah uh I dug it quite a lot uh yeah like it it had its hooks into me like right away um and I don't think I had as big of a problem with you at the end. I think it wrapped up real nice. And I honestly don't have many complaints at all. I f- it felt tight, felt pretty punchy, and we're kind of like hitting, going from spot to spot. I I definitely laughed my ass off more than a handful of times. Um, if anything, I, I would say it could have been trimmed It could have been, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot going on in this one and it's only, I mean, I think it's two hours and two minutes or something like that, but I feel like they could have cut out some stuff around like after the hour mark, like somewhere in between the hour and the hour and a half mark. I feel like they could have pared it down to like an hour and 45 and that would have just made it better in my mind, but I I liked it. I liked it a lot, nonetheless. Yeah, it was good. Jamie Foxx was fucking outstanding. I was just um, going to say,
1: like, if, if Jamie Foxx is not in this movie, it's significantly worse. Oh, yeah. He is yeah. so fucking good in this movie, just in general. Yeah. I think I think he's one of the most underrated, not even just actors, but renaissance like men of yeah. our time.
0: Entertainer, yeah, he does it all. Is there anything
1: he cannot do?
0: Seriously better not die on us jesus fuck um that's a we can go tinfoil hat later on uh if you like about this one but uh, (laughs) um yeah i don't know we'll see uh i i like him a lot in this yeah and i agree i don't think there's anyone else that could really pull this off like maybe like a chris tucker in his prime but it wouldn't be the same um and i don't know i'm talking like you've never seen the fifth Element, so. And Chris Tucker's in that, and he brings the pain as as like a radio DJ off his fucking tits. But uh, I like John Boyega a lot in this, too. I'm, I've been a big fan of him since, since uh, Attack the Block, which he made, which I think that was his first shot at stardom. And that was before he was cast as Finn in the new Star Wars reboots. That's probably the only thing you know him from, if at yeah. all. Yeah.
1: And I don't even think I've seen all the new Star Wars. I saw—I remember seeing him in one, yeah. But I, I think I'm a couple or several behind at this point. I just don't—I just don't really care about Star Wars. So, yeah,
0: I, I don't think you're missing much. Uh, but yeah, that's a—that's a fight for another day.
1: Um, I mean, he was great in this one too. I liked him a lot.
0: Yeah, I like him. I think he's a great actor. Uh, he's been in some stuff after this that I don't think you've seen. Um, it's
1: a safe bet.
0: Yeah, he was in uh, Pacific Rim 2, and that was kind of a stinker, and it was a big action thing. And then he started doing kind of more subtler, like uh, um, like critical movies, you know, like like a thinking man's kind of – doing some indie projects and stuff, tried to branch out a little bit more uh, because he didn't want to get typecast like an action kind of like a, a franchise type movie star. Um, But yeah, I liked, he's got a lot of range. I feel like, especially like his different um, accents. Cause I don't know if you know, this dude's British in real life. Oh no. John Boyega, the main guy Fontaine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm probably this is wrong I, I i think his parents are from nigeria and they emigrated to the uk and he was brought up born and raised in the uk so he's super british he's got like the cockney like real thick kind of like idris elba in that way uh, yeah i was just going to say like he can pull off a good american accent like no problem and and even other like southern yeah there, there um, were a few times
1: in the wire though where you could you could hear, Idris, creep out. Idris or Idris Elba. You could tell like
0: this guy doesn't
1: speak like this normally, but I, <laughs> I never would have guessed it about uh, this guy.
0: Yeah, Idris in when he was he had a bit role in the office, like a recurring character for like six episodes, and he nailed it it was just straight pure just american oh. accent and he nailed it but like he was in prometheus the alien prequel and he's got a weird he's he was going for like southern and it comes out like like uh hillbilly british like a cowboy british like it, oh, it comes and goes but he's got this southern like kind of drawl to it but it just it it's really herky-jerky but anyway uh yeah john boyega I thought he he killed it. I thought he was great. as you a know who else does I really great. like Yo-Yo.
1: Oh, Yo-Yo is awesome.
0: Yeah. Just one we more thing about
1: uh, British people who do a great American accent. Uh, one of our biggest man crushes around here is Matthew Rhys, who is in the new Perry Mason. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah he, does, he does a great American accent. He is yeah. super, super Welsh.
0: I would have never guessed, and I saw like a behind-the-scenes thing for Perry Mason on HBO. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. What else has he been in that you guys are fans of? I know he was in that Americans show for like
1: a long time. Yeah, I never watched it. I never watched The Americans. I only watched Perry Mason, based on your recommendation. I saw him interviewed somewhere like a year or two ago. I don't know what he was promoting, but uh, he just came across as like a super cool dude.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: and I think it must have come up on here at one point. I was like, Oh yeah, I know that guy, not from anything he's done, but I just saw him <laughs> somewhere promoting something and, and that's when you clued me into Perry Mason and yeah.
0: Yeah, he he is fucking awesome as Perry check out Perry Mason. Sign the petition so they'll renew it for season three, goddamn HBO fuckers. They don't know what they're doing. I was like, come on, dude. You can't just leave it right there. You gave fucking Boardwalk Empire like however many seasons. Whatever. Um <clears throat> Yeah, and then our our third uh, main gal in this trifecta is Yo-Yo, played by I'm gonna fuck up her name. I even got the uh phonetic. No, it's Tiana. Uh yeah. Tiana Paris and she's from people know her as Monica Rambo from the upcoming Marvels in Wandavision. She was in the reboot Candyman a couple years ago. She played the Candyman's girlfriend. Um she was in something else too that she's known for. But yeah, I liked her her character a lot yeah. in this flick yeah i got a couple of sound bites of her so yeah i guess to get into it real quick so we got fontaine aka tyrone uh played by john boyega uh he's kind of like a drug dealer uh he's he's like a it's like king shit soft-spoken man a few words uh people don't fuck with him um this takes place in a, a place called the glen it's like a it's, I, I saw the director chose to do this on purpose to, to, he was tr- along with the timing, like you're not supposed to really be able to name, nail down the time frame where this takes place or even where it's just kind of a fictionalized, you know, uh, part of any city like in the South to the mid Atlantic area. So
1: I remember there was a, a reference to Bitcoin, which was a pretty yeah. like concrete. Blockchain. Okay. So this is modern. So it has to be modern, even though it's uh, very like '70s feeling. I did like the soundtrack quite a bit.
0: Hell yeah! Lots of bangers. Fuck yeah!
1: Yeah, the costumes.
0: Yeah, yeah, the set design, the lighting was fucking rad. The costumes, like the way people were talking and i guess to jump up to a piece of trivia i thought it was funny because you already mentioned groundhog day but this dude this this dude's um name is Joel taylor this is his directorial debut actually which i thought was awesome too for your first feature um he based this off his experience in montgomery alabama that's where he he like used that as kind of a template but he said it could be like you know anywhere in like the south kind of mid-Atlantic U.S., and he he was uh, strongly influenced by Groundhog Day, They Live, It Follows, and Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> of, of all things. Jeez. But he said those were his direct influences. I can't see Napoleon Dynamite so much, maybe just the spirit of it, I guess. Um, but the other flicks, too, yeah. I mean, even some of the shots when Fontaine, when he wakes up a couple times, they do that weird camera that and the clock. It made me think of Groundhog Day because then he's like his clones are reliving, you know, like,
1: yeah.
0: Um, Have you seen Palm Springs? Is that with Andy Samberg? It is. It and, is. Yeah. And there's that weird time tunnel.
1: It's very much like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Just a 2020 version. It's
0: funny. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like me and Kelsey watched it. And we we got a a good kick out of it. I can't remember what the gal's name that played opposite him in that. I don't She's know. been in a couple things. She was in a really good Black Mirror episode. Um, are you a Black Mirror guy? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. I I couldn't really
1: get into it. But
0: there's one with that I girl. Yeah, the I I think it's petered out after season three, but all of season three is fucking rad. Um. But that gal who plays opposite Sandberg in Palm Springs, she is in an excellent like one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes with Jesse Plemons. Is in it also, and he uh. plays a real creep. Uh yeah, it's season. I'll I'll send you a a thing of it. It's season three, episode one, I believe. Um, like the USS Callister. That's a fucking great episode. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, then we got Slick Charles played by Jamie Foxx, and then Yo-Yo, played by Tiana Paris. Um, and so they, they're they kind of brought together through chance and happenstance. But I've always enjoyed the camaraderie of good friends competing in games of chance and skill. It all, it all revolves around um, Fontaine, John Boyega. So we kind of open up on him. He's kind of doing his rounds. Throughout his his neighborhood, like his area, his turf, and he's collecting. Uh, he's he's a drug dealer. One of the first things he does is he. There's this other rival. His name's Isaac. He goes up and he runs over one of Isaac's crew, like in his in his gang. And then so Isaac's on him, like like oh man, you gotta you gotta get this guy for me. He broke my leg. So so that's kind of in the background, and that'll come up later. But then. That's where we get Slick Charles introduced. He kind of shakes him down for his money, and then that one of the lines I thought was funny because Yo Yo and Slick Charles get in a fight, and he think he she fucking walks out on him, and he thinks she's coming right back, and he's like, "That's why I nicknamed you Yo Yo because yeah. you always come right back." And then it's yeah. oh shit, it's fucking it's Fontaine. Fontaine's come back. We get we get that intro and then all of a sudden this is probably one of my favorite like lightings, like with the pink, like the neon and like like it's all dark right in front of Fontaine's house. All of a sudden there's a car behind him and he gets out and he gets shot like nine times.
1: Or is it he's still at the motel, I think, because he goes in, uh Charles doesn't have his money and he does. Oh right. So So yeah, okay, he's just just about to call you.
0: That's (laughs) right. He doesn't make it back home. He doesn't even leave the the parking lot, right? Okay, yeah,
1: he tear, so he tears the room apart, gets some money, and I mean, there's I can't remember exactly, but there's some funny lines in there where Jamie Foxx is like, You're lucky I'm a lover, not a fighter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, totally he totally the stage,
1: gets ready to leave, and he sees the, the car behind him, so he grabs his gun, gets out, they shoot him down, and
0: it's he like he knew he's like, Oh, fuck, man, I'm in a tight spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that right out of the gate. I was like, oh shit. So, cause I knew this guy's the main character. I was like, are they going to do some like, all right, this is the end. And now we're going to go back like, okay, six days later. I was like, please don't do that. Cause I wasn't really in the mood for that. And fortunately it's like, right when it goes to the next scene, it's like groundhog day. It's like, he just had a bad dream and he wakes up, but he just got shot. He got shot four times. Or five times at first, and then they get out and they go straight point blank, shoots him four more times. So it's like he's there's no question he should be dead. And then he wakes up, so you're like, oh, he must have just had a fucked up dream, you know, or whatever. So then we go along with him again, but then he goes and sees Slick Charles, and this is how we know. Okay, this isn't. There's some weird shit going on now because Slick Charles is like freaked out. He's like, you're like the fucking ghost of Christmas past trying to fuck with me, like. He's freaked out. He's like, I just saw you die last night. And then he's like, and so did Yo-Yo, because like she heard the gunshots. And, you know, so she she saw you. So that that's what really brings Yo-Yo into the mix fully. Oh, and then right before that, too, though, like when Fontaine does his his daily routine, goes to the liquor store, gets some some Rillos and and a 40 and a scratch off. He sees like this weird. It looks like a zombie dude. That has like a wound walking down the street. Then we get like this men in black, like all blacked out SUV, like CIA type weirdness, pull up on him and then abscond with the with the dude. He's like, oh, what the fuck was that? But that'll come up later because Yo-Yo says, she does, we don't know this at this point, but she's like, I saw who the perpetrators were. So they, she's like, they kind of hem and haw a little bit. And then they're like, all right, show me where this was. So then they go and it's this black SUV and it it just some like run down looking like a trap house it's called a couple times
1: yeah they break in and then that's when they find the elevator
0: right yeah, and it has like yeah, they're like what kind of fucking trap house is a break room with lockers and like there's all <laughs> this like it's a really it's an off putting like right away I was like okay this feels like a Twilight Zone kind of like episode like we've gotten into some cool like like funky strange territory so I was I was with it the whole time I was like fuck yeah let's see where this goes and then yeah they take this high tech like elevator that goes down and uh Slick Charles is super against it. <laughs> what does he say? He's like he's like we're we're sp- we're spelunking right now. He's like, white people <laughs> spelunk. We don't do this shit. Um, and then, so you, <laughs> they walk into the super high tech lab. And then this is one of the things like I was kind of curious about, but it's, it's clearly like a white dude trying to be black. Like, like he's like grafted, like an Afro, but he's, he's, it, it comes into, into play with what they're trying to do. Like the, the grand, you know, p- master plan. Yeah, uh, that we'll get into, but uh, I thought this part was pretty funny. Like he's like, "Oh no, man! Hey, hey, cool, chill, chill." You know, like I'm, I'm just a tech, and uh, and then yeah. they, they find this laughing powder shit. So when I was rereading the
1: plot synopsis to just refresh my recollection or see if there's anything I missed, which there was a couple things that I didn't notice. Um, it described this guy and the. Chicken Shack boss yes, as, as um, light-skinned black guys. And when I watched the movie, I was like, I just thought those were white guys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. Okay, I mean, I also had not buy the best vision, it. but I thought they were just white dudes. Like, I, I didn't pick up on like they were light skinned black dudes, so I don't know no. if that was just me or
0: no. Or. I thought they were a thousand percent white, and I think it goes to the very end when other Fontaine is telling him he's like, because Font- Fontaine's like, you mean those crackers that you got posted up at the chicken shop and the and down in the lab? He's like, they're they're not an exact match or whatever, you know. Oh, it, okay. It's the, it's the hair, it's so stubborn or something like that, <laughs> like. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he alludes to like the that those are like some of the prototypes of them trying to like assimilate and whitewash the black race, you know. Gotcha. That that goes along with the master plan that we just spoiled. But um, yeah, they're they're definitely super white dudes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they go down in this lab, and then uh, Slick Charles sees a pile of that looks like coke, and so he takes a couple toots on it and like a gummy. <laughs> And it turns out it's like this, like some kind of mood enhancer, like laugh, laughing fucking powder. It just gives you the giggles. Some of the shit he was saying while he's doing this weird chuckle, while he's pointing a gun at this guy, <laughs> he calls him a beige banana, <laughs> <laughs> and does these do little like, It's
1: not, it's not snow, but I can still ski on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh uh Yo-Yo sees it and she's like, Oh I don't, don't mind myself, and she takes a toot off of it, and then so they're they got these giggles, and then uh she ends up doing something like poking him or or screaming at something, and he shoots this dude, and then yeah. alarms go off. So they gotta get the fuck out of Dodge. But before they do, Fontaine seems like sees like a like a morgue slab you know, with a couple bodies and he happens to lift over the tarp. That's atop top one of them. And it's him. And he's looking down at him front and it's got all those bullet holes that were like, you know, scattered across where his, his chest and it looked like eight or nine. So he's like, Oh fuck. That wasn't a dream or whatever. I chalked it up to, you know, so they get the fuck out. They go crash at Yayo's grandma's house, which I liked. I liked kind of the setup they were able to do to and flesh the characters out. Like, like, her and her 1,000 Nancy Drew
1: yeah. books that she has
0: all stacked <laughs> up on her, her like, yeah. childhood room. <clears throat> so it's like, okay, she's, like, a gumshoe. Like, she's, like, into this shit. Like, she wants to, like, be a detective. And they, they carry that through the rest of the flick, too. But, like, you get the idea, like, Slick Charles is, is like, a, he's a little bit more effeminate. He's, like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. He's, like, a player type dude. Like, he's not, like our alpha or our our main protagonist Fontaine's like whatever I need to do, you know, like, so I think, I think they, he's got a real gruff exterior. He's got, they alluded to this thing about his, his brother, Ronnie had died, was shot by a cop. They bring that up. So he's just very solemn and stoic and like cold as shit. So I, I I felt like the, between the three of them, I, what do you think? Where did you get enough to like care about them as characters or feel like you knew enough about them to be invested
1: yeah i thought the dynamic between the three of them was really good you know you got like you said the like the brooding tough guy and then the comic relief and then yo-yo who's kind of the the driving force behind you know
0: because then the next day
1: they wake up and they go back to the house and the house is just normal
0: yeah and what's his face he says uh uh, Fontaine's like, what would that uh, Scooby-Doo ass bitch do? Yeah. <laughs> Alluding to the, the, the Nancy Drew, and I think they actually use one of the, like, she uses one of them example, like, oh, well, she started here and did this, and like, yeah, I liked how they put all that together. So yeah, what happens next? Fontaine goes and gets his crew, his, his real crew.
1: No, not yet. So then they go to uh, the chicken place, goddamn chicken, which they... <laughs> I've been
0: interspersing commercials for No, they they don't go there first. First, he goes and gets his homies and he goes back to the house and he's oh, like, yeah. and they, they go, they okay, toss yeah. it. And then it's like weird because it's like full of furniture before it was bare and it looked like just a trap house, like maybe a mattress in one corner of the floor. He goes back the very next morning yeah. and it's like, it looks fully furnished. Like a family lives there. It's like still kind of a rundown house, but it's completely different. There's no secret underground uh elevator in the closet so he's like oh what the fuck now he's like really thrown through a loop and
1: all his his boys think he's out of his fucking mind
0: yeah he's like hey i think you just need some water man we're all gonna go get some water we're gonna be fine you know and then he's like and then he just leaves them there he just drives off by the way his fucking car is sick that fucking that mint green fucking monster dude I, i looked it up i can't remember what what kind of car it was. Um, I, th- I want to say it was like a Pontiac, I, but anyway, I, like I looked
1: it up too, and I also can't remember.
0: Dope car, really dope car. Fucker was beefy too, it sounded so like aggressive. Uh, I gotta Pontiac? look it up now. Fontaine's car, it is a 1976 Pontiac Grand Prix, hmm. slicker than snot, yeah. Um so then then they go back to they all meet up because fontaine's like i went there and there wasn't it was all gone it was like they swapped houses you know um then that's when uh it's so like charles is like while we're doing all that he's like my blood sugar is getting low let's go get some fucking food so they go to yeah got damn chicken <laughs> I wrote down the jingle because it made me laugh. It was all because remember, who needs vices when you got all these herbs and spices at discount prices? So if you're in town, come on down and get some of this country fried golden brown at Goddamn Fried Chicken.
1: Then <laughs> there was the the manager was walking through. He's like, "Remember, guys, there's no iron." Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that. That one line stuck with
0: me the most. Oh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so they go there and they start eating the chicken and they're like having a good time. And uh, <laughs> they're like going over, okay, so you've been cloned or whatever. And then uh, they're going back and forth, Slick Charles and, and uh, Yo-Yo. And they're like, that make two Fontaines. He's like, two Fontaine, double tain they're just going a, mile a minute and they start all giggling and then fontaine who we've never shown seen show any kind of emotion he starts giggling and laughing and then so all of a sudden slick charles i like cuz he's not just purely the com- comedic relief like he's the one the first he's like he's like yeah i never seen you i never seen you laugh before and then he starts getting all serious and then he does that like pan around the chicken shack and he sees every it kind of slows down and everyone's like losing their minds laughing eating this chicken and then the horror sets in you know kind of like a get out moment almost it reminded me of and yeah. he's just like he's like it's the fucking chicken you know he throws it <laughs> off the table like you can't if they put it in the fucking chicken so like they put two and two together like that laughing powder they're putting it in the food that they eat and, and like you know trying to control their minds and shit. Like they start going on this trip.
1: Well, And then, and then Yo-Yo sneaks her way back into the office.
0: Yes, that's to right. To seduce and, the guy
1: to yeah. try to find something. And that's when she discovers <laughs> that they're sur- basically surveilling the entire town. And is this when they find out that they're also putting that powder in grape drink and like women's yes. hair products and.
0: Yeah. Cause like Charles jumps in the back of one of the arm unmarked vans that he sees oh, those, yeah. those shady characters coming out of. And yeah, they go to a, they go to a hair salon. I can't remember what the product was, but it was this crazy purple goop looking shit that everyone's getting in their hair. Like the one guy was like, they just cut all my spending and I gotta be, now I gotta start paying for stuff from my classroom out of pocket. And then they put it in the hair and she's like, but you know what? Maybe I'm just tripping. Like it, it <laughs> real subtly and quickly I felt like they did a good job at like, okay, this is what the shit is doing to people, like, and they're they're kind of like spreading it through the town, like this the tentacles of control, you know. Um oh yeah, I had one soundbite from earlier from uh Yo Yo that I thought was super funny. <laughs> You ain't giving no motherfucking David Carradine for 50 bucks. Most I can do for you is a Susan Sarandon. I'm <laughs> giving yeah. you no know, David Carradine for 50 bucks. I'm curious, though. What's the Susan Sarandon? What's the David
1: Carradine? You
0: jerk off with the a who... around your neck and die? Yeah. The autoerotic asphyxiation? Well, yeah, but how do you give somebody
1: an autoerotic asphyxiation?
0: She just sets up the choker, I guess. I don't know. So then the choking what's Susan mechanism. Sarandon? Yeah, that's I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, but I wanna know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also like the uh they they bring up Hollow Man. Yeah. Have you ever seen Hollow Man with no. Kevin Bacon where he turns invisible?
1: I'm aware of it. I've never
0: okay. seen it though. Yeah. I like this part too when they're talking about that one before. You see me.
1: Are you can and naked?
0: Hollow Man. <laughs> that was a good, good one. Good you liked it. You said you liked it. I picked that one <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dude, the way Jamie Foxx is like, yep, yeah, good move, good move, good move. Yeah. Like he just fucking nails all the every nuance, you know? Like, that's what puts him over the top. Um, But yeah, I liked how they, they brought, they had the hollow man gag and they bring it back later on when we meet Kiefer Sutherland of all people. But I think the next, the next spot is after the Intel yo-yo gets from the dude at the chicken shack, then they get like a key card and then they make, they know, or they get a tip from frog. Yeah. The guy out front of the liquor store to check out the church yep. and one like Mount Zion church in particular. Uh did you recognize the pastor, David Allen Greer? I didn't. No. Yeah, he that was him. He was in Blank Man. Uh he was in he was on In Living Color with Jamie Foxx, of all people. So just to show you like how how much better Jamie Foxx has aged. Yeah. So
1: I know I know Dag, but I just didn't recognize him in that role. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, he's I mean, he has put on a little bit of weight and they they grayed him up. I don't know if that's his natural or if they they did that on purpose to make him look a little bit older, but he's fucking pretty gray and looking. I mean, he still looks good for however old he is, but he he definitely looks older than Jamie Foxx. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought I thought he was. It was fun to see him in this as the pastor, and all throughout, like some of the shit that he's saying and the shit that you hear on the radio is kind of subtle. Some of it's like on the nose, like you're a slave to the grind, or like you know they're putting out these this uh. It's almost like hypnotizing, tying into the mind control thing that we are about to get the lid popped off. Um, So they they. They find the other another elevator underneath this church, and then they go down. And this is when shit like really takes a turn. What you was this too stark of a turn to like the sci-fi or getting or like the weirdness factor, or did this kind of draw you in more? Or did uh, it you start it to definitely it? didn't
1: draw me in more. Yeah, I was a. I, I don't know. I was getting a little skeptical at this point because I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, but I wasn't totally out. I was still in, just. Kind of like, all right, well, where is this going? And still had an open mind, but yeah.
0: This is where they they go down and they're like, shit, uh, how are we going to scope this out? But luckily they go into the John and there's like six people with these fucking like crazy radioactive suits that cover every part of you. Even like the mask is like all blacked out. So they hijack those from these three people. And then so they are able to kind of it, it's a it's a pretty long exposition scene where they go through the underground and they learn about, OK, they don't get the full picture, but they, they get enough to see like there's mind control of the black community here in the Glen on behalf of this faction of fucking I think they call him Bill Nye, the science guy looking motherfuckers. Uh Underground in this huge complex. Oh yeah, the one of the the pieces of music that I liked the most. I don't know what the name of the song is, but it was uh, "If There's a Cure for This, I Don't Want It." Like that song is a fucking banger. Whatever that is, I need to Shazam that shit. Um, and then, <laughs> like some of the scenes, like it, it 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 looks like it reminds me of like a '60s or like a '70s, like Cold War, like room. Like like some of the shit's analog, they're writing with like pencil and paper, like one of the audio recordings, and it's like she's like, I don't want to see Daquan's broke ass anymore. All he does is make <laughs> excuses. You know, and he's jotting down notes and shit. Yeah. And like there's like sonar and radar, they're tracking everyone. There's this one chick with her eyes peeled back, like they're doing clockwork orange to her, like feeding her like media, like like inducing seizures, uh, like
1: at Street Fighter.
0: <laughs> or Street Fighter Carlos Blanca <laughs> Charlie <laughs> I wish I had that one
1: get your beige ass out
0: of here get your beige ass out of here yeah there's like a weird padded room people are going nuts and then they break up a fight between two people by playing a certain piece of music. So it shows that they have like almost like a Manchurian kind of candidate level, like like a series of words or a trigger word to like make people do certain things or stop doing a thing. They they've seen enough. They they break into the bathroom and they regroup. They're like, fuck, what the fuck's going on? Yo-Yo even says some e- evil motherfuckers. We don't cross the Rubicon. This ain't no vanilla missionary shit. This some sex dungeon mint, ch- mint chocolate chip bukkake shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rad. And then uh, Jamie Foxx is like, this ain't no Cool Hand Johnny from the Boulevard type shit. This is Major League. It's Uncle motherfucking Sam. We got to get the fuck out of here. And Fontaine's like, no, fuck that. We need, to, we need to go deeper. We need to get to the bottom of this shit. And that's when they get to like penultimate like they it's this crazy ass like matrix level like hyperbaric chambers and shit the actual cloning room and they go and take a bunch of the different pods and they see like a bunch of different fontaine clones it's like charles sees a clone of him i don't did yo-yo see a clone of her too i I don't think so or no i don't think so because there's an
1: issue that comes up later where the the control word doesn't work on her which i think suggests that
0: she was not cloned which i don't oh, know oh okay yeah that makes sense why it wouldn't work like why she'd be immune to it then but um so okay so then they see that and then they're like okay yeah now we can leave um and then <laughs> imme- they go to a club and then they the is in on it they're like don't let them leave or whatever and then they the dj plays another piece of music that emphasizes the the mind control aspect they have at their uh, disposal, and then so that the three of them fucking hightail it out of there, and then the whole club is like transfixed, like a pack of zombies, and then they're ch- they're chasing them, and then that's when we're introduced to like the sub boss Kiefer Sutherland, who I had no idea was going to be in this. He was kind of a weird inclusion, but um he pulls up in an unmarked all black SUV with another Fontaine, whose name is Chester. He was dressed up in a suit, got a different beard, completely different look, and that's I like... I didn't think he looked anything like Fontaine. Really? It's the same dude. It's Boyega, yeah. Same exact dude. Damn. Yeah, his beard's just a little bit different, and he's clean-cut, he doesn't have a grill. I, I mean, there's glasses. a lot different. He had glasses? No, I need glasses. Oh, yeah, you do, because I think. Because when you find
1: out later that he is the same person. I was like, oh shit, I did not see that coming at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, haven't we, haven't you been talking about needing glasses for like five or six years? Maybe. Dude, it's not that bad. Plus, you could always try out for uh, contacts. I'm just too lazy. I never wanted to fuck with them, but yeah, that's a lot of shit you're potentially missing out on, like, (laughs) the power of sight jesus man um (laughs) so yeah so Kiefer sutherland gets out he kind of spells it out like this is what's going on you can go back to your normal lives look the other way like you always have and fucking just go about shit normal uh or we'll kill you um and he explains you know like we're everywhere this is like a you know a a thought experiment that's when this actually comes in and they bring back the hollow man we're researching experimenting doing science for the greater good i might add
1: oh so you Kevin Bacon
0: hollow man no i love that shit that fucking <laughs> <laughs> that kind of humor is my shit um <clears throat> so after that they're like they Pretty much have no choice. Although Yo-Yo and Slick Charles, I don't know about Slick Charles so much, but Yo-Yo's like wanting to be like, okay, what's our next move? And then Fontaine's like, nope, fuck this. Like, I'm done. There ain't shit we can do about it anyway. Uh, so then this is where I think they could have taken some time out because then they do like a fucking getting back to normal, like putting your head in the sand montage.
1: Well, yeah, because he, he forces Fontaine mentally to put a gun in his mouth and almost shoot himself.
0: Right, yeah, he has a trigger where it's Olympia Black. Yeah, so he's like,
1: "Um, I'm probably not going to keep fighting this. And then uh, Yo-Yo is apparently unaffected, so that sort of explains why then she goes rogue and tries to expose the whole thing.
0: Right, which sets up a really fucking funny part. One of my favorite parts is um, during this montage, in the background, Yo-Yo's like spirits are still high and she dresses up and she's got like, uh, her hair is fucking wicked in this movie too. Like that crazy side part. And she's got the fedora. She puts like a trench coat on all black. And she's got these big ass fucking glasses, like that cover her whole face. And she's trying to look incognito, which she's pulling off, but also not at the same time. And she's like scurrying up to the, the, the mailbox on the street and she's got like a big manila folder, you know, addressed to New York Post, like she's going to blow the lid off this conspiracy and I love like, right away she sees another prostitute friend across the street (laughs) she's like, oh shit, is that you? Yo, yo, hey baby mama, hey yo, and she's like, shh, shh, bitty, goddammit, like she's trying to pull off some like like, exposition (laughs) and then my favorite line, she's like, She's like, yo, yo, what are you doing out here, girl? Why are you wearing a trench coat out here looking like Carmen Sandiego?
1: <laughs> also, dude, a uh, sex worker is the preferred nomenclature.
0: Nomenclature. Sorry. Uh, Is that that we can't say prostitute anymore? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll check my notes and edit as... Do not. As... Okay, uh, as, so as yeah, the, right after as that the winds then, change. Yeah, true. Uh, so right after that, then uh, we see Yo-Yo get snatched too, in the unmarked all- black SUV. so that sets up her, and then like the other thing that tips up that that uh, tips the scales for Fontaine is they've kind of sprinkled throughout the movie like when he wakes up or like he starts his routine. He goes and checks on Mama. He knocks on the door, who we never see. And she's got, like, a stock response. Like, he wakes up. I made you some sandwiches. She's like, oh, I was just at the fish fry. I'm full. Or he comes back later, like, hey, do you want me to get anything from the store? And she's like, no, I'm good, baby. I'm reading my stories. And then, then he, like, it's not something superfluous. He knocks on the door, and he's, like, breaking down. Like, he's crying. He's, like, fucked up, like dealing with all this shit and he's like mom I like I really need to talk to you like something that a canned response isn't it's not going to sound right and it doesn't so then he fucking breaks down the door and it's just a recorder I was like oh shit I did not see that coming
1: yeah this was a big moment for sure
0: yeah did you did you get any inkling before this like that something was off with the mom or did you see this coming at all
1: no not at all
0: yeah I think the movie – I think in hindsight, if you wanted to be pretentious fuck and be like, oh, I could see it coming now, like hindsight 2020, like looking back on it, um, I think that's dumb. But I feel like the film also does a good job at kind of lulling you into maybe very subtly that you would never even second guess that, you know? Yeah. just with everything that that's going on in the film and like her responses to him checking on her. So yeah, it felt like a pretty good well-earned rug pull to me. Like when he's like, "Oh fuck." So he trashes that room. It's just a one a single table. He's horrified with a tape recorder well, with like that, canned responses.
1: So at this point, I was kind of out a little bit like, oh, "Fuck, I don't as much as I love Kiefer Sutherland, I didn't really love the, the storyline he was pitching. Like we're, we're doing this to indoctrinate people and do my, you know? Yeah. So, but then when the, when he kicked in the door and the mom was a tape recorder, I was like, Oh shit, this, this might bring me back a little bit. Cause what the fuck does this mean? Is this all right. like a simulation or.
0: Yeah. Like, like a show thing
1: again, like, right.
0: Yeah, that's funny. You keyed in on that too. I saw other people compare this. Someone said it's like uh, it's Truman Show and something else maybe mixed perfectly. Maybe they said Get Out, but I feel like it was something else. It's definitely – and then there is – there's definitely shades of like the Groundhog Day, but then it also like the the Truman Show kind of aspect of it, like how tightly controlled things are, you know, like – I think that adds a, a, another interesting layer to the flick but and then I liked this part too how they do the they they play this like mini long con when they try to outsmart the the powers that be yeah and like the way they they show you cuz when I saw when you see Fontaine get shot again by Isaac himself this time I was like oh shit I was like are they just using him as like a pawn or just like,
1: I believed it when he went to go meet with Isaac that he actually shot and killed him.
0: Right. I did too. Yeah. But yeah, I liked how they like, they had that, this other kind of twist kind of at the end. And it kind of felt like one of those Russian nesting dolls, like each thing kept kind of spilling out of the main doll. And I was like, wait, I I wasn't expecting that many threads, I guess going into this, but. So then, the then the big plan is uh, for Slick Charles to just round up everyone in the Glen, and then they start riding. I like that whole scene. And he's like, "I got the whole hood with me. I got <laughs> yeah. the whole hood with me." He's like, "Just like there's like a hundred cars, and they're just mobbing out." And then they go to that they they go to a liquor store, and they're like, "Where's that freaky ass high tech fucking underground layer elevator?" And then he's like, "I don't know." And then they pull like a hundred guns. He's like, "There." So they all go downstairs and like all this shit starts popping off. And then we get a pretty cool fight scene with Chester. So it's Fontaine versus Fontaine. Pretty, pretty cool little John Wick style fight scene. And then right away, then we get into like the the grand finale where Fontaine meets his creator, who is actually Fontaine, but he's got an different accent he's like a geneticist or something that's been working on this is like his life's work or something yeah this part kind of fell flat for me this is the, your biggest gripe with this one yeah well I mean this scene
1: generally but also the way he dies yeah it like, was like a real bummer like
0: what the fuck what? what what about that was it just too
1: easy or um I mean the fact that he used the the code word that you was used on him to control his doppelganger to kill himself, I thought was really fucking dumb.
0: Yeah. But also... It made me think, like, wouldn't that affect you too, even if you're the one saying it? And wouldn't there be, like, some fail-safe to where only certain people could <laughs> say it and it would actually be triggered? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it felt like a cheap, like, parachute to get out of that for him to get out of that situation. But then, so they unveil that whole master plan is like, he says assimilation is better than annihilation. So the plan is to like over generations breed out the black gene or DNA from their heritage or structure. And they had, it had, they didn't zoom in on it, but they had these like seven like hyperbaric chambers going from various shades of like dark black all the way to like a Caucasian, blue-eyed, blonde, you know, human. So that was like the big master plan was yeah. just to eradicate black people. And this is how they're doing it in secret underground. I guess this was, this was a slight misstep for me too, but it didn't take me out of the whole movie. I, I liked the journey. I liked the ride. It sounds like you're kind of of the same mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. We haven't done a bunch of new stuff. So this is kind of a fun one to to get something that's topical, and I know we didn't. There's there's a lot in this movie that you can go through, like the the social commentary that's happening. There's a, I, I watched a couple like uh, like video essays on them that are real good that will explain this and and give a a much better kind of perspective than I can deliver. But uh, and one of which I'll put in the show notes too, but. I, I did listen to some of the director, Joel Taylor and his influences and the way he was talking about how similar to like in it follows where there's no definite like time period that's, that's stamped out or that you're informed of as the viewer. And the same is, is true for this. And he wanted to tap into like that seventies, eighties kind of exploitation like design, but in a modern yet nebulous kind of era. People have cell phones. Like you said, they brought up blockchain things that are actually that are real topical because they wanted to, he wanted to show how like these certain parts of the black community, it is kind of like stepping back in time. It still has this patina of like eighties, nineties kind of um, vibe going on, even though it's we're in 2023. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. I liked that decision and the way that it was put on screen. But yeah, I think this guy knocked it out of the park. Not only with your directorial debut, but like like you said like the music's fucking awesome, the actors they were able to pull and the performances, I thought the story was fun, the set design, like some of the shots like at night were really cool with the fucking the neon lighting and like the smoke effects and everything. So, yeah, I think I liked this all the way around. I thought it was well done.
1: So we haven't finished the synopsis though, right?
0: Oh, are we talking about the very, the very, very end where the lid blows off and they start showing like all across the country? It's on like news reels. Like, is there a conspiracy? They're even they're still trying to spin it, you know? Like,
1: yeah, because I didn't think the the, the gentleman in Los Angeles, which was very clearly a, a Friday, kind of.
0: Oh yeah, he's dressed just, just like Craig.
1: Yeah.
0: The fucking blue uh, button what's, up. What's been, the I blue might, flannel. I might
1: be fucking blind. Because when they showed him, I was like, "I don't think this looks like
0: him at all." But really? Oh, I thought I got it from the the blue flannel he had on right away. I was like, "Craig." <laughs> no, I don't mean the Friday
1: connection. Oh,
0: I mean the um, Chester. Chester Copperpot. Yeah. <laughs> In search of local legend.
1: Get your page ass the fuck out of here, you fake Obama looking motherfucker.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I kind—I of, like this how they tied it back, and it showed like it was like a mirror image of of Fontaine in the Glen, and then it's like in L.A., like homages to Friday, and then he's kind of doing his same kind of ritual, his routine. And then he gets back to the house and he's with his boys, you know, just rolling a, rolling a doobie on the couch and they're watching the news report. And then you see the second Fontaine back in wherever the hell the Glen is. And then all his boys are like, looking around like shit. It's like Tyrone. That's you. So that's like, they cloned Tyrone. That's, I can't remember if, if his name is Tyrone Fontaine in the Glen and that's just his name that they give that clone everywhere. But yeah, I liked that ending too. Like it it just, it had a bunch of, had like three or four exclamation points kind of put on, on the flick that I, that I liked. It was a good experience overall. I feel.
1: Yeah. I would recommend it.
0: Yeah. It was solid. Yeah. Jamie Foxx can't be, his performance can't be understated. I think he stole the show too. He was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see what's that do to our average real quick. Hey, come on. That brings us up to an 86.5. Sweet. We don't have any new emails. You got any colloquialisms lately that have been digging into your craw? Um, no, nothing comes to mind. You been in the movie theater lately? No. <laughs> it's a good way to beat the heat in the summer. What are you talking about? Get in there, just dump an AC?
1: Yeah. I went and saw Oppenheimer which
0: we'll talked about. Yeah, there's not actually a lot right right now out other than that um Talk to Me flick was super fun. I think there's some stuff coming out in the next 3 weeks that looks pretty good. I I saw a lot of shit starting to get bumped now because of the fucking writers strike. A bunch of shit's getting bumped into 2024 and and beyond. Yeah, he said that's a too pretentious a name for a young man. He was about four years older than me. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he's called me boy. Oh, boy. Boy. Damn it. That's the one I I meant to have. I'll I'll bring it up on the next one. Uh, Harrison Ford. He tells this story about broccoli in a grocery store. That's fucking hilarious. You'll have to remind me. Um, So yeah, that's it for this week for they clone Tyrone. I think next week loosely, we had talked about uh, covering David Blaine and I was thinking I was, I'm of two minds. We could just pick one of his DVDs that he has out. I think there's a recent one from 2013 and that's like the one that includes the Harrison Ford, the orange. He does a bunch of like, there's a bunch of vignettes with different celebrities that he fucking just baffles. And then there's another one earlier on that's on YouTube earlier in his career where he's doing street magic. That's pretty rad. Or we could do like just an amalgamation. Maybe we could watch our favorite ones and break it down and get, get some clips and maybe go into his background as being spawn of Satan. Yeah. It's a loose idea. We'll see.
1: It might be tough though, because I feel like it's a, it's a very visual experience.
0: That's true. Yeah, we'll workshop it. We'll see. Maybe we can tie it into like some kind of like a magic conspiracy or something. I know there's a bunch of those out there that could be fun in the run up to to the Halloween season. We got a couple things for uh September and October lined up, but we got a lot of holes to fill for Halloween type movies, either themed or in spirit, something scary. That gets you in the mood for uh, spooky season. So if anyone's got any suggestions uh, or any hate mail or any other gripes, you can reach us at wax at waxingtheporpus.com for email. Uh, either of our socials, Instagram is at waxing the porpoise, and Twitter X is at waxing the porp. Yeah, I got Night of the Comet and the Thing. I'm thinking about maybe a couple more, maybe one more Carpenter in there, but I think we're gonna finish off with our last episode for October will be the Mid- Midnight Hour. Have you ever heard of the Midnight Hour? No. It's got LeVar Burton in it oh, from
1: 1985.
0: Rainbow? Yep. Geordie LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. It's from 1985. It's fucking awesome. I think you'll be surprised. It's pretty good. It'll be a fun one. But anyway, yeah, let us know if you got any suggestions for Halloween stuff that you could literally pick anything because Steve hasn't seen Diddly Poo. So, um, I did watch two movies this week, extracurriculars. Whoa, on your own accord?
1: I did. First one, Nonstop with William Neeson.
0: Oh my god. Is this sprinkled throughout his his post taken era? Yeah. Okay. There's got to be at least six or seven that he's done in between there that I haven't seen and probably won't.
1: You're not missing out. Uh, <laughs> the, the other what one was I the watched. Second. Uh, Hereditary.
0: Ooh, did you? Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> did you watch it with the misses or no? by your lonesome?
1: Alone. Oh, um, at night. Yep.
0: With your cat yep. close by. Dude. Ugh. Such a trip. There's so many good parts. Dude, you know one of the parts let me I want to know what you think. One of the parts that creep me out the fucking most is towards the end. That naked dude in like the kitchen. Yeah. Who you see, and then <laughs> is just fucking smiling. Ugh, dude. <laughs> because i didn't you don't notice it at first and then once you notice it's like it's like one of those magic uh remember those posters you used to stare at it and you had to oh just, yeah you had to wait and then you'd see a fucking whale or like a, a shape you know in like 3d it was like that and all of a sudden i noticed and this is dude with this creepy smile in the shadows god so the, the, yeah. magi-
1: the magic eye posters you're talking about or books yes i never saw i could never really dare. yeah
0: I wasn't a hundred percent every time. I was. I would say six out of ten times I would try it. I could see it, but it, so, sometimes it was a struggle. Like I was like, I had to like fucking really like flex my brain and eyeball muscles to like get. I'm like, oh cool, it's a fucking humpback whale. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, bring back magic eye posters. Where'd they go? I remember last year I got to experience a book fair. Atmosphere again for the first time in a long time, and it was like, "I was like, this is dope." And you've seen those memes where it's like, it shows like a book fair, and it's like, you know, I'm going in with twenty dollars, the Lamborghini poster, and three goosebumps. <laughs> like, hell yeah, fucking book fair. Remember bringing like an envelope on with like cash and like nickels and fucking quarters and shit. Like, now everything's fucking like beep boop fucking phone it's the QR scan the QR code on my child's backpack charge it (laughs) fucking weird alright anyway cool yeah hereditary did you like it I did creeped you out pretty good pretty creepy pretty pretty spooky Yeah. dude what the head ugh Dude, that one's horrifying to think about like how like being the brother and like emotionally like grappling with that, like what you did and like, oh, God. And like the scenes with Tony Collette, the mom, dude, she's yep. a fucking A tier, S tier actress. She's fucking goes for it.
1: Dude, even just that first uh, like 10 minute scene where she sees dead grandma in the in the room
0: oh yeah and the flies and shit no Hmm.
1: i mean at the very beginning when her mom dies and she's like in her little workshop and she looks over and she sees her fucking dead mom i don't remember that scene what oh it's it's like the first 10 or 15 minutes
0: huh i'll have to go i need I'm due for a rewatch. I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but it
1: sets the table for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. That's, that's a good stepping stone to like, they call it elevated horror, which <laughs> is like a, a pejorative in the, in the horror community. But like, it's, it's thinking man's horror or they don't want to call it horror. They want to call it like thriller and, you know, get too high-minded about it but i like that kind of shit like how that's kind of like the genre they're injecting more interesting shit like that yeah instead of just you know your slasher formula monster killer kind of thing but sweet yeah you should you should check out uh midsummer at some point that's the same director it's
1: i know he's got a star i'm i'm
0: I know I'm not as big of a proponent of Midsummer as a lot of people are. I much prefer Hereditary, but yeah, you'd be cheating yourself <laughs> if you didn't at least watch it, you know? All right, cool. Maybe that'll open some doors in the future for some other creepy shit. Any final thoughts? Nope. All right, take us out. Pristine. I already ripped this as an MP3, so I can put it on my phone because I so I can bump it in my truck. I just put a <laughs> I just put a powered sub in the truck, and I changed the head unit out. So I'm pretty. I don't know what those words mean. It's a it's a a subwoofer that has its own amplifier attached to it. So for like lazy people like me, you can just hook it up pretty easily. You don't have to get an external amp to then drive subs and all that good stuff, but. I'm going to be bumping Pristique anti-depression fucking it. <laughs> jingle. Dude, I can't wait. All right. Well, we'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. Damn.